Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for tuning in for Sit With It's next episode. Today on Sit With It, we're going to be speaking with an artist and an extraordinaire, Kim Keen. Kim's an LA-based artist and designer, and she's always seeking to evoke a strong emotion and make an impact, especially making people feel seen. Whether it's other fellow people of color, other women, and other fellow Jews, you name it, her goal is to make sure that each individual feels important and beautiful and heard. So when she's not investing the inner workings of her spiritual practice, which we'll delve into later in this episode, she can be found sketching away feverishly. You should definitely check out her artwork. It's absolutely incredible. But today on Sit With It, I invited Kim to dig deeper into her spiritual journey to really give us the opportunity and the space to delve into those uncomfortable places, the places where true growth happens. And she sat with it and we're so impressed. So without further ado, here's Kim and I sitting with it. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. (laughs) Thank you, Hashem, for giving Kim all of the amazing talents that you've given her and that she's taken up the opportunity to share it with us because we're just oh so blessed, really. Um, So for anyone who is listening who doesn't know who Kim is or may not have known of our pre-existing relationship, um, Kim and I had our friendship foster in a lovely dorm room of Neve Yerushalayim, our seminary days back in 2008. She was my neighbor and we lived across the quote unquote, I say street because I was about to say street, across the hall from one another. And I think that having those close quarters really allowed for both of us to really see the inner workings of each other, you know, we see each other in class, but like, what about when, you know, the spotlight, so to speak, isn't on, you see the person, you know, waking up, going to bed, what they're struggling with. Um, you know, you just, it's a different experience when you kind of cohabitate in the same space, you kind of share that energy together. And, you know, those were a couple of the best months of my life. And, you know, please God, I'll be seeing Kim soon, but I haven't seen her yet. So my memory of Kim is still very much in our Israel days, but a lot has happened, you know, time has passed. And I think, you know, Kim, your story is just so unique, not even just your story, but who you are as a person. So I'd love for you to just kind of take take the wheel on this and tell us a little bit about, you know, your upbringing, what your Jewish upbringing looked like and kind of what brought you to who you are today and how we even met and just, you know, take the floor. Sure. I'd love to. Um, So this is a story all about. (laughs) So back in the day, um, I grew up like, I think a lot of American Jews did, which is um, going to Hebrew school, uh, celebrating holidays, having a bat mitzvah, but not necessarily knowing about the deeper wisdom within Judaism. Mm-hmm. So um, basically how I sort of dove in was through, well, okay, well, let me start, go a little bit back further. My father is uh, Christian. My mm-hmm. mother is Jewish. My parents um, are not very religious, either of them. So um, in a way that's a huge blessing because it sort of gave me the freedom to decide who and what I wanna be. I know a lot of people struggle because they have 
uh, parental pressure to be something mm-hmm. that they're not. And I never had that, thank God. Thank God. Um, so I went to church as a little kid. I also went to synagogue and I always vibed more with the synagogue feelings. And I remember actually feeling fearful when I was in church because mm-hmm. of the iconography of, you know, the suffering Jesus and um, also feeling like like sin was evil. And I just never felt those those negative vibes when I was in synagogue. Thank God I was at a very, very positive, loving synagogue that was just like, Hashem loves you. My Hebrew school teacher used to tell me, oh, Hashem loves you so much. He takes out your soul every night. He washes it clean. He puts it back in your body. Like oh, just these beautiful, beautiful ideas. Yeah, like it made me feel very clean and healthy and whole. So I was always way more into that. Um, after college, I was kind of feeling like, okay, what's, what's going on with my life? And why not go to Birthright? Because it seems like a great, fun thing for young Jews to do. So I went on Birthright, had a lovely experience. Definitely nothing on the religious side of things. It was just really fun. And I, it was nice to be connected with other Jews because I wasn't really, I didn't really have Jewish friends or anything like mm-hmm. that. So that was- Where did you me. grow up? I grew up in West Hartford, Connecticut. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So- um, I always wanted to be connected, but I never saw, foresaw myself being as connected as I am currently. So um, the birthright trip led me to another trip called Israel 2.0. Cool. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's led by Rabbi Berg of New Jersey. So that one was a little bit more on the religious side of things. And that's mm-hmm. when I first started getting like this, the whole, the feelings of like, okay, wow, this is much deeper than I thought it was. I have so much to learn, like, wow. Um, but I wasn't, I didn't really have the foundation and I wasn't really ready to sort of turn my life upside down yet <laughs> the way I have currently. <laughs> you didn't drink the Kool-Aid just yet. Not just yet. I was tasting it, but I wasn't really gulping it down. Um, and so after that trip, I went on another one. This is, these are all like spread like two years apart. Mm-hmm. I went on another trip called Jewel, which was an all girls trip. And that one was a really like big big change for me because it was an all-girls trip and I never before that had such good female relationships Mm -hmm. and I remember just feeling like wow this is amazing I'm so happy to be surrounded by women I'm so happy to be learning about my religion I'm so happy to be growing and exploring Israel and um things you would have never said before because I was similar to you like girls like my closest friends were guys like being surrounded in a room of women, like when I told people I was going off to seminary, they were like, you're going to literally jump off a cliff, like God forbid, but like, what are you doing to yourself? <laughs> and yeah. it's just different when you're around people that are like-minded completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt very safe and mm. just protected. And uh, I don't know, it's just like that warm, like oatmeal feeling. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. Um, so after Jewel... I came back home and a mentor of mine was really pressing me to go to seminary. And Mm -hmm. at the time I was like, this doesn't really make sense for me. I have, you know, a job, I have a boyfriend, I have a cat. Like I can't really uproot all of these things. Yeah, the cat, man. (laughs) (laughs) How many years after college was this? Like at this point when you were like, oh, whoa, okay. There's something out there. Um, I would say maybe four years after okay. college. 
So it wasn't like a quick thing. It like progressed. No, no, mm-hmm. it was not quick. It was very, very slow. And I'm glad it was slow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then I was, I was, I had a lot of resistance, but I think mm-hmm. I knew it was good for me. So I kind of went with the mindset of, okay, well, if I don't like it, I'll just come straight back. And I went and I fell in love and I stayed and I learned and I grew and I cried. <laughs> I met you and I had yeah. deep conversations with you and um, it really pushed my boundaries and it made me question everything and it made me, it, it forced me to sort of figure out who I am. Thank God. Yeah. And who is that, Kim? Like, can you tell me a little bit about, I mean, what's like something that's been constant like in your life? Um, that hasn't changed because of your experience with Judaism? Is there something that has remained um, kind of like a part of your identity? Um, I think the constant thing that who I am or what I am is I'm a very bright, energetic, happy, joyful, yeah, you name that. Person. <laughs> you name that list, girl. You keep going. <laughs> I love to brighten people's day. I love to jump around. I love to sing. I love to dance. I like to create, draw, paint, um, express myself any type of way. Uh, just be silly. That's who I am. <laughs> how, how did you find that you were able to translate these characteristics about yourself into now like this new world? Like you were in Israel. You're surrounded by other women who are supporting you like the teachers the rabbis they're all literally cheering you on and then you get on a plane and you go back to LA and then you're in the real world bum 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 yeah it's scary um I mean I'll be honest I think that for me it was like the pendulum swinging so Mm. far back and forth like I think now I'm only finding my my healthy balance like I definitely swung the opposite direction, was super hardcore, got a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a little really bit about needed that. Some, some of my friends. Um, yeah, so I think that to be a comfortable, healthy Baltashuva, you need to know your boundaries and be able to communicate them in a healthy way. Mm, like something that sticks out is, I remember at one point I was at a class with some people, it was like, more of a um, cure of type of class for mm-hmm. anyone who outreach. doesn't know that means yeah. yeah outreach thank you um and some people were using some swear words mm-hmm. and at the time I was so offended and I was like how dare they use those words in my presence and <laughs> <laughs> like throwback I think I used those words two minutes ago what <laughs> kidding but you become sensitive you become sensitized to these things for sure right Right. But like, fast forward to where I'm, I am now. I mean, I swear. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I do swear. I, I would like to You're not. human. So am I'm I. I'm human. But it's also about not making other people feel less than or being more sensitive to other people's feelings mm-hmm. than your own. I think that's what a BT really should be is somebody who cares more about others than or obviously you have to love yourself and care about yourself. But I'm saying like. For sure. Yeah. You get what I'm saying. 
I do. I think also something I personally, I mean, everyone has these boundaries, like you said, and I think that you have to check on them constantly. They're not something you just like write in stone and like be like, these are my boundaries forever. No, you have to like constantly be checking in with yourself. And, you know, honestly, like having that one mentor, I wouldn't like necessarily go and spread myself thin, which I have in the past and go ask everyone and their mother what they think of my boundaries. That'll Mm -hmm. get you into some, you know, murky waters. But um, I personally like you know, I come from like a Latin family and the idea of not hugging like my uncles and my cousins like would cause them to look at Judaism in a very negative way. So I've mm-hmm. chosen that as a boundary, you know, it's not halacha, but where I'm holding, I still hug my male relatives. Um, right. for me, that's something that I do. I know other people who don't, but in my particular situation, that's what where I'm holding. And, you know, mm-hmm. tomorrow that could change when I'm married, please God, who knows, but that's something I decided to create my boundaries that yes, I hug my family. That's where we're at. May, right. may always be that way, may never be that way, who knows. But again, it's just something that I've owned and is a part of my own process. Um, and I think sometimes it is scary. I remember, you know, the idea of coming back from Israel and just like wanting to be so stringent and being like, this has Mm -hmm. to be this way. I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't, you know, like you couldn't utter to think of like trying to go a little bit down. I I don't even want to call it down or up. It's not, it's not one of those, you know, ladders that you climb. It's kind of a spectrum, I would say. Um, Mm -hmm. And within that spectrum, there's so many different shades of gray. Like things are so not black and white. Um, but I think it's easier to see it black and white because you're like, that's that makes it easier for my tiny human mind to wrap my head around how a person could look that way or act that way, you know, if you prescribe to like this box. Right. Yeah, I mean, I totally identify with everything that you're saying. And I know that for me, going to therapy really helped because mm-hmm. it helped me realize that I was gaining so much of my self-worth from my observance level. which is a little cuckoo (laughs) external it's like a new way to basically like mask external validation it like creeps up on you and you don't realize but like hey you're weighing your self-worth on what other people think of you religiously and you're like wait Mm -hmm. what like I just got over the fact that like I'm not the clothes I wear and I'm not the body I'm actually in but now you're telling me I'm also not the religiosity that I give out to the world, like, hold on, like, I have to go unlearn everything for a minute. Like, yeah. I completely agree. And I think it's amazing because the two of us, like, Neve Yerushalayim, like, they have on campus, like, the family therapy center, and they provide, they actually encourage women to go and have therapy. Like, hello, like, you really are, you know, uprooting your entire life and kind of flipping the script. So you should talk about it. But I don't think a lot of women, a, feel comfortable speaking up about this or actually searching for it. I'm not sure. I feel like there's a gap and I'm hoping that you and I through this conversation can bridge it because it's it's so healing and so necessary because let me tell you something, folks, becoming observant is not an answer to your problems. It won't change them. Nope. Like me and Kim are just shaking our heads to each other. Like, <laughs> Really thought it would, guys. Really was banking on it. And I think most girls think that Men I'm going to become religious. Sure. Oh, yeah. Everybody, everybody. I'm going to become religious and my life is going to be roses and rainbows and clouds. And it, it kind of will be those things, thank God, but not in the way that your mind is painting it out to be. Yeah. Kim, let me ask you something. If If there's something that you would want to give over to someone who 
you know, maybe a follower of ours who's listening is starting in their journey. They're somewhere in their journey. Um, what's something that you would advise them for their own process? Maybe it's something that you wish someone told you or you would wish to tell yourself, like, you know, that Kim, like two years ago. What's something you would want to tell them? It's so hard because I know that some some of our listeners are probably hard-headed like myself and <laughs> I hope don't <laughs> and, and think that they know everything. Like I remember at one point somebody kind of called me out and was like, you're not always gonna be as flaming as you are now. And my response was like, Hasta shallow. I'm always gonna flame. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um but I will say, please read this book by Lisa Aiken called The Balthashiva Survival Guide. It's an amazing book. I read it way too late in the game. Oh my It's gosh. an amazing book. I haven't read it. And now I'm like going to go on Amazon, whatever, Jewish, Judaica, you guys, whatever, and buy it because a mentor of mine actually recommended her um, breakdown of Jewish prayer, like the Amidah. So like the forefront of Jewish prayer, right? Like if Jewish prayer had a national anthem. It's the Amida. We say it three times a day. Um, and she breaks it down in a psychological way so that you understand mm. what each bracha, like each blessing is saying. I'll, I'll hook you into it. So okay. I'll definitely post these two books for you guys because like amazing stuff, highly recommend. But what's something that she speaks about in this book that made you be like, oh my gosh, I needed this yesterday? Just like for for years it's it's embarrassing or I shouldn't be embarrassed but it's sad to admit that I was avoiding going home and spending time with my family because mm. I was scared and uncomfortable with not holding to a certain level or not doing things in a certain type of way there's so much fear there that I convinced myself I didn't want to go home because I didn't like Connecticut which isn't true I love Connecticut go Connecticut um, <laughs> So it just, it talks a lot about like family relationships mm. and how to do things uh, in a kosher way and dealing with the, these kind of like little speed bumps that are, that everybody has to run into at some point. For sure. I think it's so important. I don't know. I, I left kind of abruptly from seminary and there were like certain situations and I left before I thought I was going to. And you mm -hmm. never really are prepared, I think, to leave that like wonderful womb of Torah and safety womb. it's the womb and then you're birthed into the real world and you are a crying baby let me tell you and yeah. that fear is very real I avoided certain members of my family that lived in the mm. same city as me because mm -hmm. I didn't want to have to go through that entire conversation of yes I keep kosher yes this and that and have to so to speak like defend my mm -hmm. decision which kind of stemmed more from the insecurity about what I had chosen for my life more than their questions. And I think that's something that over time, it just happens. Like you start to own your story, you own your truth, but that also has to do with owning your past and not being judgmental, right? So like, you know, giving love and acceptance to the parts of yourself before you were religious. I know like for me, I had such a hard time fitting into these boxes, quote unquote. I really get triggered um, mm -hmm. trigger warning when people are like, what's your hashkafa? And I'm like, I really like, why Ooh, don't we sit down? <laughs> like, let's sit down and have a conversation. Cause I can't just write myself off with a word. Oh. Like it doesn't work. Um, so like, I'm curious if this happened with you, Kim, like, how were you able to kind of like show light to the parts of you from your past? Because like you have an incredible past, like you're artistic, you're an artist, you've designed jewelry, handbags, like you come from such 
um, an eclectic world and be able to like hold it in one hand and simultaneously also hold this other part of you that's growing in another and know that those two realities are actually one and they all come from Hashem because that's the truth. That's an, an amazing question um, because for the longest time I was not comfortable with my past, mm. struggled with self-love, struggled with self-forgiveness. And we all just have to realize that at the end of the day, Hashem wouldn't have us go through these things and he wouldn't have us lead the life that we led before if it wasn't meant to happen, if it wasn't meant to be, if it wasn't meant to even help you grow or, or propel you even further. Mm-hmm. So um, I do find a lot of meaning in every single mistake that I've made and continue to make. Yeah, completely. I think it's the idea of like, Hashem is where you allow him to be. Mm -hmm, So like mm -hmm. allow him to be in the parts that don't look necessarily of what like a religious Jew would be, you know, Um, for me, like I think of like in Brazil, my family's from Rio and notorious to Rio around the time of like my birth is Carnaval, which is like the carnival. Um, It's, oh my gosh, maybe you're going to help me remember the name. It's before people start fasting for, is it Lent? Uh, Not Ramadan. No, it's Christian. Either way, this is how like Brazil is a very Catholic country. It's not a fast, but it's like a whole big. When they give something up, that's Lent. Yeah, that's Lent. So it's before Lent, and like I don't even know what it means. Maybe an average Brazilian doesn't even know what it means because it's literally just a party in Rio, and literally there are half naked, sometimes fully naked women, just like samba dancing on the streets because it's Carnaval. And I grew up exposed to that. Like that's my norm. So coming from that culture, it was so hard for me to make space of being like, yeah, like Hashem's in Rio, by the way, like with the big JC statue, like he's there too. Um, and it's still something I'm, I'm learning to, to adjust with and, um, learn to like be nice to, because it's, it's really hard when you don't necessarily come from that, like cookie cutter. I hate to even call it cookie cutter because it makes it sound bad. Like, when you think of like the stereotypical Jew, people normally think of like an Ashkenazi person, you know, Eastern European, but that's just also like a stereotype that's been overplayed and also diminishes the beauty of what that, you know, um, background and story entails. And that story is not the same for every person, you know? Um, So I could go on a tangent for that, but let's not do that because (laughs) our poor listeners will keep that between you and me. But I'd love to know also, like, how has it been coming back and working in your creative space with artistic people who probably, you know, is it maybe it might be the first time they're actually like working closely with an observant Jew? Like, how have your relationships in that realm changed, become more meaningful, um, made you see things differently? What What's something um, that you've been able to, to hone in on? You know, I will say people have so much respect for for people who have strong faith and strong conviction. Mm -hmm. And my like fear and hesitance about exposing myself, like not so much anymore, but particularly in the beginning when I was first coming back, like asking for days off or, you know, Mm -hmm. because of religious holidays, Yom Tovim, like Shabbat. Shabbat. Um, I was so uncomfortable and it's just like the energy you come with, people meet you with. And a lot of times they'll surprise you. Like I had a coworker the other day was like, wow, you know, all the Jewish holidays have so much meaning. Like, it's amazing. A lot of the holidays that we celebrate are just, you know, like we don't even know what it means anymore. It's like, it it started with something once upon a time and now it's like pumpkins and rabbits. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> completely, completely. No offense to anyone who's into pumpkins and rabbits. I'm very pro pumpkin and pro rabbit. I really well. want pumpkin bread now that you said it. Cool. Um, <laughs> I think that's that's so admirable, and it's sometimes easier to tell people who don't even understand a wince of Judaism. I just think they respect anyone who's trying to bring meaning into their lives because I think that's like the counterculture now. Like we're living in such extreme times that anyone who's trying to find a balance, I think is often like you go girl, like praise to you type of thing. Yeah, I feel like what we're doing is actually quite rebellious. Yeah, a little bit. And I kind of, I really like that you said that because there's that inner rebel in me that like has my side bangs and my checkered vans with all these lyrics <laughs> on them, just like wanting to like come out in screamo mode and just be like, yeah. I'm rebelling. So can you tell me more about that? Um, it's just, it's funny because like culture always goes, it's like cyclical. So currently it's like we're, we're living in this culture where being half naked on social media and saying like, I can sleep with whoever I want and like wear whatever I want. And if I nipple show, thank God, <laughs> maybe they're not doing that, I don't know, but um I'm sure someone because somewhere has that's said sort it. of like the accepted culture. It's almost like being religious and covering up is, uh, you know, culture. Yeah. I mean, I don't see it as oppressive. I see it as um, beautiful. Yeah. I don't know. I see both no, as beautiful. I Honestly, I think they're both beautiful. It just depends the intention behind it. Are you naked because you're trying to get attention or are you naked because it really feels good to you? That's I think what it's all about. Super important intention about things because you could have a person who dressed, let's say modestly, but like you can tell when someone wants attention, you feel that energy from them. And I have met people who have dressed modestly um, where like I, if I were a guy or a woman, like I'd be staring at them because like I know they want that attention and I'm like, all right, you're, I'm going to give it to you because you're craving it. I feel it. So it is, right. a, it is a very internality, you know, component that comes out through the clothing. It's like what you allow yourself to access for sure. For yeah, sure, that's a really good sure. point energy has a lot to do with it like what kind of um the feeling you're giving off mm. do you feel that your energy has shifted since you've gone through like this process of um working you know through your transformation in therapy do you feel like maybe your energy has changed from when you like were quote-unquote flaming like what type of version are you now flaming like 2.0 3.0 like what does that look like great question um yeah I think I'm flaming (laughs) still but in a new way like in a in a healthier way because Mm. before I didn't realize it but my motivations weren't 100% there like I thought I could be perfect which is not a healthy goal that's not what we're going to be yeah exactly now I know I'm not perfect and I know I never will be perfect but like earlier when you were saying like you need to bring Hashem into every part of your life I mean, I'm not going to go ahead and tell you guys my what I do wrong, but nope. if I know I'm struggling with something and I'm thinking about doing the wrong thing, I talk to Hashem about it, which mm. I think is amazing growth. And I'm really happy about that. That's amazing. I think, wow, that is, I'm just getting like flashbacks to like when Kim and I were in seminary and like, it was almost scary for me to talk to Hashem like out in the open because I still felt like someone was like behind me, like actually listening and trying to be like, wait, that's not what a from girl says. Hold on. You said that wrong. 
mm-hmm. or um, I like I was the person in class who wrote down a glossary because I was like I have to learn all these new words and I became really good at the from vernacular which is something Kim and I have talked about like doing some type of project on because like Hashem knows that like these words are complicated and I don't know how everyone uses them but the more that I found myself like oh I can like talk at the talk and walk the walk um, I became this like mirage of a person like I was just like sounding super from and mm. talking as if like I had all this like Imuna, which like please mm-hmm. God I should have but it mm. wasn't coming from the right place it was coming from like please accept me because I'm really scared this is a right. new world and I'm scared yeah I mean self-love is so important I remember when I was first going to Shabbat meals like hiding my tattoos and being nervous and like mm. not being my full self and now I feel like I can be my full self 100%. Like, I don't necessarily tell everyone about my past, but mm-hmm. I am comfortable and settled and I love myself and I'm so happy to share myself with others. That's amazing. And honestly, your tattoos are a story and whoever you're willing and whoever is worthy of, you know, you opening up to that story, it's a beautiful way to, you know, bring it together. And I think this is something we've discussed and I don't remember who said it, but someone said it. So Hazal has said that, you know, the idea is that when the world, um, like in the breaking of the vessels, right after the Chita Egel, um, that oneness of Hashem, like that spark all scattered throughout the entire world. And I remember asking a rabbi at Neve, um, shout out to anyone who likes Rabbi Smith. I asked him a question because he, uh, Kim. I'm a big he, fan, big fan big over fan. here. We love him. <laughs> And he has a son who happens to not be as observant anymore. And I said, does that hurt you? And he goes, quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. Everywhere, any place that you are in your life that Hashem brings you to, you have the opportunity to unveil a spark of godliness. So the fact that we have had those experiences, you do have tattoos. I come from a freaking vibrant Latin country um, and listened to screamo music way too long for my life. Like I was able to unlock, like, please God, those those sparks of holiness as were you and we're living proof of that. Um, and I think it brings me back to the imagery that you were talking about, that representation in that church. Things are not strictly black and white, especially in Judaism. And I think that's a misconception that is important to dispel completely. I think people think that Judaism is so rigid and, you know, rule bound and strict. And it's like, oh, my friends, you have no idea. If you just let yourself come in, you can be transformed in the most freeing of ways. Right. It's all about how you look at it. Like you Mm -hmm. could see it as, oh, I'm forced to wear this skirt or I get to show the world that I have value beyond my physical form. Oh, wow. Yes. Value beyond your physical form. Guys, did you hear that? Did you put on a post-it? Me too. <laughs> Me too. I, I think that your journey is so admirable and commendable. And I want to thank you for making space to come on this podcast and, you know, make room within your heart to share your journey and where you're at. And I hope that this you know, episode is a milestone for you and something that you can go back to later because as you mentioned, there are highs and lows. We will always flame. We will always flame, but sometimes the flame is brighter than different times. And that's something that like is known. And whenever you're feeling those lows, you got to look back on those highs. So I hope that this episode is a high that'll get you through whatever comes in the future. Same for our, our listeners here today. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I hope that this helped someone out there with what they're going through. And if anyone um, needs help, advice, a friend, an ear, please reach out. For sure. Kim is amazing. And before you go, I have this practice where I ask my um, guest speakers to discuss something they're sitting with. It doesn't necessarily have to be anything pertinent to this episode. It can be something that happened today, something that just crossed your mind. But again, we're just creating the space where we can have that conversation that maybe you needed, you thought you needed, didn't know you needed to have. But let's bring it out. Kim, what are you sitting with? Um, so not so connected to what we've been discussing, but totally something good. that I am currently sitting with is um, I'm a very goal-oriented person and um, something on my list is finding a partner who is amazing, strong, <laughs> all the good things Amazing. and preparing myself mentally for that because uh, I don't, I think there's there's some resistance within me and I'm, mm. I'm trying to work through that and figure out why, how, how do I get to the place where I'm completely open, ready, and just willing. So wow. that's what I'm sitting with. Currently. I mean, the first thing that came to my mind is like, when you said resistance, I just thought of like someone throwing water on me, not in like a weird <laughs> way, but just like <laughs> that feeling of like you're tense and then someone just throws water on you and you just like have to ease up. You know, you just have Ooh, to use that. I love that visual. It's like when you're when you're afraid to get in the pool and then yeah, or like it's super you. cold and like you, you put your toe in, and you're like, mm, no thanks. And then someone ends up pushing you in and you're all in and you're like, well, it's not that cold anymore. That's right. the feeling that resistance gives me. And then mm -hmm. I had another piece of advice given to me very sporadically in the same way that I'm going to give to you. So like, it might be that I need to hear it. I don't really know. Take it as mm -hmm. you want. Um, but someone once told me that they wished that when they were single, they were told that they didn't have to equate quote unquote being ready with like something deliberate meaning like uh once I finally dive in 40 days minha in a row I'll be ready to get married no that's not that's not how things work that's not how Hashem works mm -hmm. so I think it's important to question what does it even mean to be ready because like are we ever ready um and even once we're quote unquote ready like the real work begins like marriage is another mindset it's a mind shift and I think not enough people are reminding us, single ladies out there, single men out there, anyone who's out on the prowl looking for their other half to reunite because you're already whole, um, that you, marriage is so much work. Yes, you are. Marriage is work. And it's much more than the glitz and the grammar of engagement and a wedding, which I think Corona's helped us kind of look past those like luxurious events, even though like it's beautiful. You should share your simcha with so many people. But there's so much work that goes behind that. And not mm -hmm. to be afraid of the work. It's beautiful, but like roll up your sleeves. Roll up right. your sleeves. So for sure. And Hashem should give you just, you know, the clarity and Bizra Hashem. Like, I just can't wait to meet your person. He's going to be awesome. We'll have mm -hmm. him on the Thank show too. So oh we'll my gosh, I too. cannot wait. That would be so fun. <laughs> Stay <laughs> tuned, guys. And again, thank you, Kim, for sitting with us, sharing your story, your journey, and just sitting with it. Thank you so much. I love you. It's so nice to speak with you. And I want to hug you soon, please. Me too. Okay. I'm, okay. Ready? One, two, three. I'm coming on the screen. Bye. <laughs>